Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right, it is February, day three, and we are looking today um, as we continue to study through the book of Exodus at chapters 21, 22, 23, and 24, and then also looking at Proverbs chapter 3. So, uh, five observations from Exodus 21 to 24. Number one, we see the principle of an eye for an eye. Uh, Lex Telianus. Um, Exodus 21, 24. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. Um, in short, this is teaching, gives us a couple of things to think about. One is that, that there is um, uh, a consequence to to what people do, an eye for an eye. But this also is limiting. Um, in other words, if somebody, just to be very uh, clear and, and direct here, if somebody takes out your eye, you don't chop off their head. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And so, yes, it is teaching that there is a consequence for what someone does, but this also is limiting um, revenge and vengeance. Um, that if, if somebody um, says something unkind about you, uh, you don't go break into their house and steal. Um, if somebody um, takes $5 from you, you don't go steal their car and say, well, I'm just seeking retribution. Um, there is punishment that's given uh, in accordance with the crime. Uh, but, there, but there's a limitation factor in terms of seeking revenge and vengeance. And that's something we need to be careful of because what we do as humans, when someone hurts us, we don't usually like to get even. The truth is we like to get ahead. Uh, we don't like ties. Uh, people don't like to play a sporting event and it ends in a tie. Uh, everybody leaves upset. If you ever played a game and it ends in a tie, everybody goes home feeling like a loser. Uh, we don't like to get even. We like to get ahead. And so one of the things that we see is if somebody harms us, yes, there, there's a consequence for that. Um, but we, we don't seek vengeance. The Bible says vengeance belongs to the Lord. Um, so in a society, there must be consequences of behavior. But individually, um, we, we must not seek to go and try to one-up what someone has done for us just for the sake of seeking revenge. Number two, the principle of a ransom is given. Chapter 21, verse 30. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. Uh, this is important because in the New Testament, Mark 10, 45, Jesus says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, that is why Christ came, was to give his life as a ransom. And there are several ways that term ransom was used. One of them is found here in our reading in Exodus. And if somebody um, is, is guilty of death and somebody wants to uh, pay to redeem their life, uh, there's a way to do that. That's what Christ is doing for us on the cross. He's redeeming our life. We have a death sentence because of our sin, and Christ in grace is paying the ransom and redeeming us. Uh, so that concept of ransom uh, is significant. Mistreatment of widows and orphans is prohibited. 
We see that in the reading today, which also takes us to the New Testament in James chapter 1. Um, if anyone thinks he is religious um, and does not keep a watch over his tongue, his religion is worthless. Um, also in James 1, it says that true worship, true godly religion is not only how we speak, but it's how we treat people to keep orphans and widows uh, from distress, James 1 says. So true worship is found not just only in what we say, though it includes that, but it's how we treat people. Uh, and so here in Exodus, uh, the mistreatment of orphans and widows, the most vulnerable in the society, is prohibited. In the same way, in the New Testament, that is a mark of those who belong to the Lord, that we care uh, for those who are uh, needy, that we care for those who are overlooked. Um, again, it, it's not that you earn salvation by doing that, but that is a mark of someone who truly belongs to the Lord. Um, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Uh, the end of the chapter in James 1 says there. So our life should give evidence uh, of the, the grace of God. Uh, number four, three feasts are given as a means of remembering the blessings of God. We see that in chapter 23, verses 15 and 16. You see the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the Feast of Harvest, so you've got, it. you've got gratitude for the exodus, you've got gratitude for um, the grain, you've got the feast of ingathering, uh, which is a, a, a remembrance of uh, the, the final harvest. And so these are three uh, opportunities to remember the faithfulness of God uh, and to remember His blessings. And then fifth, the people proclaim that they will obey the Lord. Chapter 24, verse 7. They said, all the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient. Now, time will tell uh, how well they live up to that. But they do here proclaim that they will obey the things of the Lord. Which takes us to five applications from our reading today. Number one, simply put, actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. We saw that in the first part of the reading that um, you, you've got all these lists and, and laws and rules about what to do when somebody uh, doesn't do right. And it's just a simple reminder of a basic truth. Actions have consequences. And we can forgive and, and we can be grateful for God's grace. Um, but there are consequences on earth uh, for what we do. And so we want to be careful of how we live and obey and how we treat people, what we do um, with our fellow man. Actions have consequences. Uh, we teach our children that when they're very young. Sometimes as adults, we forget that. Uh, but our words still matter. Our words have consequences, as do our actions. Second, the Lord hears the cry of the suffering. In chapter 22, verse 23, if you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. The Lord hears the cry of the suffering. I just want to pause for a minute and say that today that's true for you. The Lord hears your cry if you're suffering. It may be that you wish that that storm you're in would, would go away. It may be that you feel like you're walking through something unfairly. 
You may be facing something that you don't feel like is right. And just know that the Lord still hears the cries of His people. It may be that, that He is testing you and refining you and uh, that this you're going through a season of, of sanctification that's that's maybe difficult, maybe a season of discipline. The Bible says um, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it, Hebrews 12 tells us. And so if you're in a situation where you feel like you're suffering today for any number of reasons, at least know this, that the Lord hears the cries of those who are suffering. He knows. He hears, He cares, and He knows. That leads us to a third and related application that our God is a God of compassion. He is a God of compassion. Verse 27 of the same chapter, And if He cries to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. Aren't you thankful that our God is compassionate? That's our only hope. Um, Psalm 103 talks about how, how God is compassionate. He knows our frame. He knows our weakness. Um, in grace, He separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west for those who trust in Him and believe in His name because of His deep and great compassion. Our God is a compassionate God. Fourth, it is good to purposefully take time to celebrate all the Lord has done. It is good to purposely take time to celebrate all the Lord has done. Christians can be very forgetful. Um, we can pray in desperation. The Lord answers a request. We rejoice. And then so quickly we can forget. And we go right back to being... Um, weak in our faith so quickly we're back to wondering god do you hear god do you care god are you listening god are you doing anything and so it's good to regularly purposefully remember all the lord has done this is one of the reasons why it's important to be a part of the local church this is why it's important not just to read your bible in isolation not just to watch Bible teaching online. None of that is a substitute for the local church. Um, if you're following along with us, this Read Through the Bible plan, I'm so glad that you are, and I hope that it's proving to be helpful and encouraging to you. But let me be very clear. This, what we're doing here is in no way, in any way, a substitute for the local church. Um, there's a place to learn. There's a place to think. There's a place to be encouraged, absolutely. But... We must be inside of a part of the local assembly. Uh, in part, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is because we need to regularly celebrate what the Lord has done. We need to see in people's lives how God is at work. We need to hear stories from our brothers and sisters in Christ of what God is doing. We need to be reminded of those needs that exist around us so that we can pray for them and be burden bearers for other people and then rejoice when the Lord comes through for them. We need to sing songs together in unison with, with other believers that remind us of the faithfulness of God. We need to sit under preaching that is reminding us of who God is and what He has done so that we can remember to trust Him in what is to come. We need to be serving each other, using our spiritual gifts within the context of the body of Christ so we can build each other up 
And as we do that, we celebrate what God is doing. Um, and so just like the Lord in Exodus gives them these three feasts, uh, the, the purpose of that was to help the people remember to celebrate what God has done. So uh, that, that is one thing that we do. We do other than that, but that's one thing we do when the church gathers every Lord's Day is we take time, a uh, hope, to celebrate and remember and to consider what God has done, how he's been faithful in our lives individually, in our lives of the local church. Um, worship is about repentance. It's about preaching. It's about praying. It's about singing. It's about serving. It's about fellowship. Uh, it's about loving each other. Uh, but it's also about celebrating all the Lord has done in our lives. And that happens through relationships uh, in the context of people who love each other uh, and have a common bond in the gospel. And then fifth, let it be true of us that we seek to do all the Lord commands us. And let it be true that we say every day when we read our Bible, Lord, I will do all that, that you've commanded. And when we fall short of that, be quick to repent. Be quick to confess that sin. It should be the desire of our heart to say yes to everything the Lord calls us to do. Now, we recognize that, that we're, we're still in the process of being made like Jesus. We've been declared righteous, we've been justified, but we're in the process of being sanctified. Um, and so it should be the desire of our heart to say, Lord, yes, whatever you command, I'll do whatever you call me to do. That should be our heart's declaration. Uh, but we also recognize that we still fall short. Um, and we praise the Lord that when we sin, we have an advocate, First John tells us, in Christ. And so when we do sin, we've got to be quick to confess and quick to repent um, but it should still be the intention of our heart that when we read our Bible each day that we say, Lord, speak to me through your word. I want the Holy Spirit to help me to know truth. I want the Holy Spirit to help me discern right and wrong. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me in the way of wisdom. And I want to say yes to all that you've given me to do. That should be our heart's desire. And then a summary from Proverbs chapter 3, such a great, helpful chapter. Walking in wisdom helps you live, make decisions, help others, and even sleep in peace. When we walk in wisdom, uh, it helps us know how to live, helps us know how to make decisions. It enables us to be able to help others and even sleep in peace. Proverbs 3, verse 24, If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, you will, your sleep will be sweet. It's walking in wisdom. It's obeying the Lord, it's trusting His providence, it's resting in His goodness, and it's knowing that the Lord is compassionate and hears the cries of His people. Whatever we face, we trust in Him as our heart says yes to all the Lord has called us to do. Have a great day.